welcome to the Ladies Kicking Ass podcast, where we raise our voices and honor the badass achievements of women in the service industry. Get ready for empowering conversations, inspiring stories, and a whole lot of ass-kicking energy. Join us as we redefine what it means to be bold, fearless, and unapologetically Y-O-U, babe. This is your platform, your community, and your source of inspiration. So buckle up, get ready to rock and roll, and let's show this world just how much we can accomplish. Welcome to the Ladies Kicking Ass Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Today is going to be a good one. I can already tell from the pre-conversation that we had before we hit record on this that there is some good, badass mama energy in this episode. And so you are definitely going to want to listen to this one all the way through. If this is something that you identify with yourself, or if you're like, I want to be a badass mama, but I am kind of falling behind right now, or I just feel like I'm not there where I'm supposed to be, which we all know is a limitation that we put on ourselves. So stick around for today's episode, because today we're just going to talk about all that stuff, real raw, ugly, all of it that we as moms leave as an impact on our kiddos. It really is true. And if you've listened to other episodes in this podcast, we talk a lot about how the kids watch what we're doing instead of just listening to what we tell them to do. If we say, go clean your room and they see us never picking up after ourselves all of the time, what do you think that is? Like my daughter's this little organization freakazoid because I know that she's watching me do this all of the time. And she's like, look, mom, it's like something that she's very proud of that she's I never taught her how to do that. She just picked it up. It's a beautiful thing. Once they start getting older, you can see where all that hard work actually came together. But my guest today is an incredible mama of one little girl. She's six years old. Anna Marie Green is our guest today. And we're just going to dive in with this conversation. But Anna Maria, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And give us a little bit about your backstory and what you do for a living and why you love it. Thank you for having me. Um, um, so as, as you said, I'm a mom of one, um, a very spunky six-year-old. I'm also an intuitive um, therapist, which means I'm a licensed therapist and also um, a professional intuitive. So I combine energy work and psychology um, to help individuals and families navigate complex uh, mental health challenges and just life's difficulties. Um, I'm so excited to be here and talk about anything and everything that has to do with like empowering moms, especially those of us who are entrepreneurs. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if we if we can get a little bit about your backstory, because I know that you yeah. shared with me when you signed up to be on the podcast about, you know, you've been through some struggles and you've been raising a little girl by yourself and that that brings along its own kinds of challenges while you're trying to yeah. chase your dreams. You're trying to make sure you're fulfilling all of your little girl's dreams. And how did you get through some of that stuff? And if you can give us a little bit of preface around yeah. what all of that meant for you in your life. Yeah. So, um, I, I got pregnant with my daughter when I was um, 21 years old. I was a junior in college and, um, I had her when I was 22 and from, 
that time, you know, it was, it was challenging because I was the, a very type A type of person. I had a 10 year plan and getting pregnant in the middle of college was not part of that. Um, so immediately it required me to start pivoting and shifting. And when I look back, I think back then I even saw some of these characteristics that like would eventually help me with entrepreneurship, which is the ability to pivot, mm-hmm. the ability to start thinking bigger. Um, and then in 20, 19, um, we, I lost my daughter's father, um, and like he, he passed away. And so that really changed a lot for me. Um, and it really put me in this mode where I was incredibly in survival mode. I just, I couldn't think beyond, you know, I just need to, I need to, I need to be both parents for her. I can't, she already lost a parent, you know, I need to be everything and all of the time. Um, but I also had these dreams. I've always been a very big dreamer. I've always wanted to impact the world. Um, and I've navigating it has not always been easy, but one of the biggest things, um, and takeaways, I would say I learned it from her, her father, um, is that he always told me that the truth is the best thing that you can give your children. And then I took that as the, the truth of who I am, you know, letting her get to know me and see me, um, has been something that has completely transformed even like our relationship and how I show up as a mom. Um, and I know for so many moms that I talk to that I work with, there's this pressure to be perfect, to be, you know, everything that their mother was and wasn't to be, you know, anything where they're to try to prevent their, yes, exactly. To try to prevent their kids from feeling any type of pain and feeling guilty, having desires that there's guilt. It's like, if I have desires, then, you know, what, what is somebody else missing on kind of that martyr mentality that we're, that's how, what we're taught is like how mom should be. Um, Mm -hmm. and it took a little bit for me to, find peace with it. Um, but one of the ways that I navigated it was I saw, and I would like write down the things that brought me joy that I did and recognizing afterwards, like, oh, I was able to like have more patience with my daughter. I was able to, you know, want to, want to do more things in this way with her because I'm also filling my own bucket. Um, and I want her to be able to accomplish anything that she wants to do to work through, um, because I've also worked through it myself is just this level of emotional vulnerability with ourselves and with other people. Because one of the big things was when I tried to hold, hold everything together, when I was not letting anybody see me cry, or, you know, I wouldn't let her, you know, see me upset or anything like that. I started to just feel less alive and less like myself. And I was setting that stage for her. I was telling her that it was not safe to be, to have your emotions, to want something more for yourself, that it's better to just stay in what is in front of you and comfortable. Um, and so that's Mm -hmm. some of the ways that I navigated that as well as like finding a really great community support, which I'm sure if you're listening, you're already, you know, connected to some, some really powerful community members. Community is so incredibly important, but there is so much that you just talked about in there that we have to touch on so many of these things. One of the things that I love so much um, is how you're talking about how you want your daughter to be able to do anything that she wants to do while Mm -hmm. still filling your own bucket. How did you kind of navigate through that and continue to aspire to do what you do today um, and still feel like you were being a present mom for her. 
So with that, it is really, um, there's a couple different things I do. So the first one is that we dream together. So there are certain things that I find fun, like writing down my big dreams or like even drawing them out. And so instead of just like, I'm just going to write them down by myself in my journal, she has her own dream journal and we can talk it out. And, you know, she, so she can also see the big vision that I have for us, that I have for myself. And she has her own and the, and those dreams are her own. So including her in that process and letting making space for me to have big dreams with her present, not keeping them separate, not keeping like, okay, this is what I want to do, but I got to like, but she's all the way over here and, um, and everything. I, I include her. Um, the second is yeah. that I make time. i I prioritize it, um, by like, okay, so, you know, ma, ma, she knows, you know, uh, some during a certain time, like when she might get home from school last year, when she was in preschool, she would come home around like two thirty three, and I still might have like a client session. And so I create, we create routines and systems of like, okay, when mommy's in session, here is what's going to happen. So, you know, she'll either read or maybe she'll watch something. If she needs something, she knows like there's, if there's already snacks laid out. So we really set up a protocol, so to speak, so that she knows when I'm yeah. doing this, like you you can't come in and disturb mommy because mommy's with the client. And this is something that mommy loves to do, but it also is part of mommy's job. And and so breaking it down and being very honest about like what I do, why it's important to other people. And then what is this protocol that we're going to do to make it work? Um, because then, you know, whenever she's doing stuff, she, I, she gets to prioritize her stuff so that knowing like mommy has stuff that she needs to prioritize and we have a protocol and a routine around and Scarlett has something, stuff that she is going to prioritize she wants to do. So really having that and, and talking it through, you know, when I talked about honesty, it's really on all these levels of like, these are mommy's plans and desires and goals. Here's how I might do this. And here's how this might look like for our family so that it's not this oh, mommy just doesn't want to hang out with me. It's not because kids, especially at that yeah. young age, they de- they don't know how to develop mentally process different things. So they just blame themselves. It's it's just part of the stage that they're at psycho- psychologically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to happen because I know that was one of my big things. I was like, I don't want her to think, I don't want to be around her. I don't care about her. So I really try to to explain things like, okay, this is what mommy does. This is what it requires, but here's what we're going to do afterwards. And when I am present with her, I make it count. So it is like, okay, let's play. Let's be silly. I let myself, you know, embrace my inner child, even if it's stuff where I'm like, oh, I'd rather like maybe read a book, but I just let myself get into the fun of being present with her when <laughs> when I'm not working, when I'm, when I'm not doing that other stuff. Um, and then the final one would really be sharing my dream with other people so that people in our community, whether it's close family friends or it's family can show up to help support me. So if I need to go to, if I'm speaking at an event Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, like tonight I'm, I'm, I'm doing this podcast interview. Um, I have friends and family who, you know, can help with her, whether it's, you know, take her somewhere or watch a movie with her, sit with her so that she's not feeling alone. And that's a really big part, I think, of being a mom entrepreneur is also really building those foundational community people so that they can help you with the vision too, even if they're not really sure what your vision is, but being able to show up for you and your and your kids. Oh, so good. I think the big overview of that entire thing is communication communicate with your kids. I see stuff happen all the time where people don't talk to their kids 
they just say because I said so or because this is what I'm doing or it um I've heard people even tell their kids like well because it's none of your business or like kids don't even know what their parents do for work set expectations for them I think what's so difficult for children with working parents and I say parents because dads need to do this Mm -hmm. shit too (laughs) is that they communicate with their kids this is what time I'm gonna be home I know with my kids I'm on a text message with them all the time they've been on fall break and I'm like hey I have a meeting till three or if my meeting is running late, I'm sending them a text message, letting them know what is going on so that they know they're always in constant communication with me. That's so important because I see that not happen with other kids too. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, I don't know when my mom's coming to pick me up. I don't know when my dad's coming to pick me up. I don't know where anybody's at. Yeah. Like, I, there are people, my kids' friends that I'm like, oh, well, what does your mom do for work? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. What does your dad do for work? I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, my kids have been raised at my yeah. office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even when I'm working, like, I have a couch in yeah. here. So my kids can come in here and lay on the couch yeah. just out of the floor. Yeah. Because they're always just like hanging around. But they know how important it is to mommy that this is what I do. Mm -hmm. One, it's bringing all the income into our house. (laughs) And two, this is a passion project of mine. And they love to be a part of that. And I think it's really cool because we're showing them what is possible if you work hard on things. So many people try to separate it. And they're like, well, I don't want my kids to, you know, work is separate than my home life. I'm like, all that shit just rolls together because it's all me. Yeah. And the thing that a lot of people think and and approach things is that okay if I keep it from my kids then like it's they're better off they they don't need to know you know all these things but when you are especially when you're kind of trying to like swallow your own emotions about stuff whether it's stress or sadness or anger or you're secretly yearning for your own dreams your kids will pick it up and sense it even if you don't say it because kids are biologically it's part of one of our biological survival strategies is being able to sense when something is off with our caregivers, because that's how, you know, babies and kids and and we survive. So if something is emotionally upsetting you or you're denying yourself of your own dreams, so you're just kind of stifled and feel, you're still going to feel it in some capacity, your kids are going to pick that up and they're going to internalize it because their bodies are like, something is wrong, but I don't know what's wrong. So then they're just going to prepare for, they're going to, they're going to subconsciously prepare themselves for anything, um, which is actually, it's one of the main things I see with kids with anxiety or like not being able to focus is when the one of the parents is extremely anxious, whatever the reason is, whether it's like they're upset about something that they don't want to face or they're denying themselves of who they truly are and, and their dreams, the kids are still picking that up and it creates this kind of unease. So it's super important to communicate with your kids. Um, kids are much more resilient and able to process more than we think they are. Like if uh, us being angry or sad and being like, I'm just angry or sad today, or I, I just really want to do this thing because I really want to run a marathon because it's my dream. Your kids are going to understand that. And they're actually going to cheer you on more than we have been, I think, previously told that they will as parents, as moms, especially. Yes. For sure. And it's so cool to see what they pick up from stuff too. Yeah. Like my 13 year old daughter, she has like a little sugar scrub business because she would (laughs) like come when, when I went through my divorce, like Mm -hmm. I was like, 
what the hell am I going to do? I was like making hair bows for a really long time, like just kind of a side hustle type of thing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to build this thing up. So I would take her when she was little, like five or six with me to all these vendor shows. Mm -hmm. And when she started getting old enough, she'd start making like the little flowers that like went on the baby headbands and stuff. Yeah. She was a freaking riot. Like I'd take her to these places, like the old <laughs> retirement communities or like a shoeing because those grandmas love stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. that was our sweet spot. But I would take her to these vendor shows and she'd like just walk up and down. She was so proud and she has like no filter at this age. Yeah. You know, oh, she's yeah. like, hey, would you like to come see my mom's hair bows? Oh, I made some myself. Let me show you the ones that I made. Like oh my they gosh. were gone. Yeah. Her, her little kind of put together hair bows you know were gone before any of the really beautiful ones that I had made because (laughs) she was like wasn't afraid to ask Mm -hmm. she had watched me do this at so many vendor fairs she was so proud to have her own thing to do it with yeah and I did not teach her anything directly all of that was just absorbed by these kids how many times does your daughter probably say to you are you okay she does okay to my today mom oh yeah all the time mom how are you feeling today especially we'll be like oh well i'm a few she always calls me she's like my mom's a feelings doctor and so like she she'll tell people she'll be like well this you know if you're angry this is something she'll give other people advice because she hears me giving advice to friends or family or clients um you know she Mm -hmm. she has her own she she definitely models me all of the time. So they do, they pick that up and it just gives them permission to learn the skill and to, to navigate the world. And it makes your relationship so much better. Like when you're not shrinking yourself or making yourself into this yeah. like stone mother, you know, like one without feeling, without anything except for service to others, you have such a better relationship with your kids. Yes. You know what? And I think that even goes to like, if, um, in a healthy way of them seeing you have disagreements with people or like you get into an argument with your spouse, as long as you're Mm -hmm. keeping it PC, you know, but you, they can see like, you're frustrated. You're pissed off about Mm -hmm. something. You guys could actually have a conversation, even if it escalated a little bit, but we came back down and we were able to solve a problem versus I have never seen my parents ever say anything to each other. And then the kids leave to go to college and there's this magical divorce that happens. And I'm like, no shit, because they couldn't stand each other the whole time. And they were keeping all the emotions to the side for the kids. Yeah. And I, one of the things I think that's also important is like, you know, I know a lot of moms experience burnout, especially us entrepreneur moms. And one of the big things that I see with burnout is it is especially when we are not giving ourselves permission to have our feelings. So, you know, if we're mm-hmm. anger is the number one that I thing that I see with moms where we are moms are so uncomfortable feeling angry unless it's like kind of passive aggressively, like washing the dishes and being like oh, I'm so frustrated about this, but like actually allowing themselves to be like, I am pissed off, you know, and and yeah. and letting other people see that and know that and hear that women mothers we struggle and one of the things that can happen is like you're holding it in you're swallowing it you're like well it, i should just be grateful it could be worse you're invalidating yourself and it just keeps you in this survival mode and it and it builds up the burnout so that like the thing keeps happening and eventually the friction is going to snap and a lot of times that's when like people have like what they might call as a breakdown um, or like they'll be completely burnt out and yeah. they feel like I just need two days where nobody talks to me or touches me or I'm not working on anything. And, and 
a lot of times people think that it's, oh, what is wrong with me? Like, am I failing my business? Am I failing my kids? But no, you just, you've been denying yourself so long that you can't operate like that. Your bucket is constantly empty, constantly being drained because you're not filling it up by letting yourself be yourself. Yes. Oh my God. It's so crazy. You just said that. I just got off of a podcast recording and the whole thing we talked about for the last 30 minutes was women dealing with anger. Yeah. And it was fascinating because it is so true because if you are a very, especially if you're in this feminine mode Mm -hmm. uh, of a woman, anger is like, no, no, no. You know, we don't, we don't feel angry. We just swallow that and smile princess, you know, like things like that. Or if you are in like a lot of my audience works in home service industry or they're mm-hmm. in the construction industry and they are definitely wearing a masculine yeah. a lot. Yeah. Because you have to be to stand in that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to bring in the other thing. But sometimes that can be very difficult to turn off when you get home yeah. too. Yeah. Like I have, I have. Uh, we were laughing in the podcast because I'm like, I either start crying really hard or I want to punch someone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it depends on what mood I'm in, the, you know, yeah. what mode I'm in at that moment. But it is so interesting that we let them know that it's okay to have emotions. Mm-hmm. Like how many times it drives me nuts when like little kids get hurt or something yeah. and they say, oh, or especially little boys, mm-hmm. like, don't cry. Yeah. You're, you know, suck it up. Yeah. Suck it up. I'm like, it fucking hurts. Yeah. Let him cry for a minute and feel the feels. Yes, How well has that worked for you, Mr. Suck it up? Yeah. Absolutely. They can't talk about anything. Yeah. You know, like as women, you don't hear women say that a lot. Like, yeah. it's like, Oh honey, that looks like it hurts. Come here. You know, yeah. we know the band aid doesn't fix it dad, yeah. but we're going to give him a band aid because it makes him feel good yeah. and warm and fuzzy. Absolutely. And that's what our job is right now. Absolutely. So really like let your kids feel the feels. Another thing we've talked about a lot recently too is letting your kids fail at stuff. Yeah. Which I think in this generation, mm-hmm. it just like we were talking about before we hit record on this yeah. is like we want to protect them. We don't want yeah. them to feel bad, you know, like the moms jump on and like cyber bully other kids yeah. at school yeah. or oh my gosh. like yeah. it's such crazy shit that's happening yeah. all the time where some mom comes and like choose out a kid at school. Yeah. My daughter's told me about that before. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like teach them to stand on their own two yeah. feet. You're never going to be there all the time. Yeah. But that disappointment, like let's make failure a event mm-hmm. instead of a person. Yeah. And let's stop talking about how it should never occur Yeah, because it's going to at some point. Yeah. And then what are your kids going to be able to do when it happens? Yeah. They're yeah. going to be like, where's mom? You know? Yes. Yeah. And one of the big things that, especially with like parents who are like trying to fight all their kids' battles, like for, for a lot of moms, it's, you know, a guilt thing. They feel like that's what they need to be doing. But for another thing, it's also when you tie your value and and your identity to your children so much because you've, you've given up your own dreams, you've given up things for yourself. So it's all them when they experience some type of failure or when they're disappointed or somebody's unkind to you, a lot of times it's triggering something in yourself that then it's not just that Mm -hmm. you're not just doing it to protect them or to help them. You're doing it because there is some unprocessed emotional wound that from that's from yourself that is now being expressed or trying to be worked through, through this situation with your child. So like parents who feel the need to like, I'm just going to do it for them because you know, they, they won't do it. I don't, they either like they don't trust their kid too, or they don't want them to potentially fail. It's, 
rooted back to something in your own life that you feel like you have failed and you haven't been able to process it. So it's really, it tells a lot Mm -hmm. to me when I see a parent doing that or like a parent cyberbullying about the experiences that they have, or maybe even how powerless they might feel in their own life to think for the things that they want. And that's something to remember as like a parent is like, if you are obsessed with trying to not let your kids fail or taking all the pain away from them. It's really a call for you to go inward and see like, where are you afraid of failure on your own? Or what have you denied yourself? So that because now you want your your kids to truly just have yes to everything. And but life just isn't yes all the time. <laughs> no, it's more no's. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's learning to navigate it those no's. Really is. Yes. For sure. And, and and you are doing such a disservice to do all of that stuff mm-hmm. for them. Plus, you put more shit on your plate. Yeah. I don't know one mom that needs more stuff to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. So when you're working with clients, and let's mm-hmm. say that you're working with a mom that's like feeling like I'm hitting that burnout yeah. mode, like... I don't know what to do. I mean, we talk about having big dreams. Mm -hmm. We talk about having a side hustle. We talk about doing all this stuff. And it's almost like if you don't have five things going on at once, like what the hell is wrong with you? You know, even though you're a mom and you're doing all of these things. And I say mom versus just saying mom and dad, because (laughs) moms take on a ton of the responsibilities at home. Let's be real. You know, it's like all the kids have shoes and socks on their feet because mom (laughs) thought about it, went to the store, purchased the items, took them back because they didn't fit yes. all the things yes, right absolutely. there's a million little things that moms do that they don't even say a word about yeah. and if you don't believe me leave your family at home for a week and then come home and see how much yes. they love yeah. you <laughs> and, and see how much like before you leave they're like well can you do this and can you do that and can you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah because they're like oh my safety net is gone yeah really absolutely. it really is But I say that about moms, like hitting that burnout mode, because I think for men, they can compartmentalize things Mm -hmm. a little bit better. For me, it's just like one big giant block, like which, which spot do I push up first, you know, Um, when they're getting to that point, and they have these big dreams, but they're like, I can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them to be like, it's okay to prioritize things one way for not. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the seasons of life yeah. happen. If you've got a brand new baby and you want to start a brand new business. Yeah. I did that. That's real dumb. <laughs> um, don't, you yeah. know, like know that that's a season that's going to require a lot of focus on your baby. Yeah. Um, but like, I think when people have like, let's say school age children and they're like, great, I'm going to go start my, my business mm-hmm. doing this. And then they get that burnout mm-hmm. mode. How do you encourage them to not stop? but still take care of themselves. So one of the big things is like, when you start to feel burnout, you want to kind of go back to finding some type of play play practice. So whether it's like, maybe you really like to dance. And if you don't know how, what makes you feel playful, what would feel playful for for you, because you haven't let yourself go that, go that route. Um, I always tell clients, Mm -hmm. Go, what did you like to do when you were a kid? Was it dress up? Was it dancing? Was it singing? What did you do when you were undisturbed by yourself? Um, and start to figure out a way to integrate that. Like for me, I loved when I was growing up listening to my CDs on my CD player, dancing in the mirror with a, a brush and pretending I was a rock star. The same thing also like lets me uh, feel playful and lit up. And so that's like the first step always is because when you start to integrate that play, it's 
starting to turn like your creative process on. It's going to help you reconnect with the, with the why that you started in the first place. Because if you're just focused on like, I just have to do, and you're doing all of the things, but you're not connected to that, that, that why, that fun, that playfulness, it's going to be really hard to keep going. Um, and then the second thing I always tell people is, um, especially if you're somebody who constantly feels burnt out or like you just notice like it happens every single year. Um, take a look at how you're, how you're working. What isn't working? What isn't working? Is there a time of day that you're just like, you hit that burnout more than other times? Um, or even I, one of the big things I've seen is a lot of women don't, you know, believe in seasons for themselves. You know, I know we all talk about having seasons, you know, you talked about when you have a newborn baby, probably not the best time to start a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same things of like, there are seasons for, you know, nature and and the earth. And as humans, we also have those seasons. So maybe it's not that it's things aren't working. It's just that maybe the season you're kind of being asked to slow things down. And so check to see what, like, um, is it more of a, okay, I did, I put a lot of the work in, I've been grinding for the last three, four or five, six months. Is it time to see harvest reflect, see what worked, what didn't work, shed some things that aren't working, or is it time to, um, mm-hmm. to kind of like grow something else? And like, you know, it's, you have to honor those seasons for yourself that there are going to be seasons where you're going to need to slow down and maybe you want to focus more on your family. What things have to be in place for you to still have this dream, but maybe take a step back a little bit. You know, for me, I I do one-on-one services. So when I am in more of a, you know, family focused season or whatever it is, I slow down my one-on-ones, but I offer other, other products and things like that. So, um, those were some, those are some of the things that I would, um, advise. I also really recommend when you, I know you were talking about earlier, like shutting off that, you know, masculine or whatever mask you feel like you have to play when it comes to work or your profession, your business, have a a ritual or routine to kind of like shed that mask after it works. So for me, like I will either work out, I'll take a shower. Um, but I do something that kind of like washes off that mask or the energy of that mask, because it makes a huge difference of like, okay, it tells your body, like we're not in that situation anymore. So now I can fully show up with my daughter. Now, like now I can have fun or I can go do whatever. I don't need to be that, that part of me anymore, that mask. Um, those are really the foundational things. Um, if you notice that it's getting to a point where you just like, you're getting really anxious, you can't focus on anything. Um, that's usually when there's a sign that there's like some other emotional stuff going on. That's not just, you know, I'm not making time for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all such good information. Cause I think if you, if you work and you're a mom, you've been through it um, or are currently going through it. So it's really important that we continue conversations like this and everyone understands we've all been through the shit. We've all come back out of it. Yeah. Um, It's going to happen again (laughs) in some other capacity. And I think just the more that you go through and the more that you get out of it, the stronger you get and the more tools yes. that you have in your tool belt to be able to help you when you feel like that again. And the yeah. seasons really are a real thing. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. <laughs> I can feel that. Like it's like fourth quarter comes to me and it's like my favorite time of the year. Cause I love the holiday season yes. from 
October one for Halloween all the way through. Yeah. Like this is very much my family season yes. for me. Always is. Yeah. Like I, I work a lot less during this time because mm -hmm. I love to make those experiences and yeah. have that stuff, those memories with my kids yeah. and my family. So I think it's really important that you understand and you recognize those mm -hmm. things. Don't beat yourself up over that. Yes. Give yourself some grace and, you know, realize that you are more than just the business that you're building yes. or the children that you're raising. Yes. And it's okay for you to have different desires. Yes. So, uh, Anna Marie, this has been such a great conversation. If people want to look you up and want to learn more about you and the services that you provide, where's the best place for them to find um, you? You can find me on Instagram, um, at Anna Marie F green. Um, and you can always ask me, you know, any questions that you might have about mental health and all that kind of, and, um, wellness, all that kind of stuff. Um, I do have one-to-one -one services, so the, you can get, um, a reading or a healing and with that, you know, I really go dive into what is the root cause of what you're experiencing, the problem you're experiencing, and then how to navigate out of that. So if you are somebody who really struggles with burnout and you struggle navigating that, I would love to work with you and connect with you. Um, or if your kids struggle with any anxiety, that kind of thing, um, I would love to help you and your family out in whatever way I can. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. offering that. I will put all the links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you. And in conclusion, we always ask everyone this question because I am fascinated with the way the, the term resonates with people mm -hmm. and what their definition really is of a lady that is kicking ass. So if I ask you, Anna Marie, mm -hmm. what does the phrase ladies kicking ass mean to you? To me, it is a woman or women that are unafraid of being themselves and, but, and want to lift up the world around them and what, by being themselves, not making themselves somebody else, um, and having fun, honestly, because some of the most kick-ass women I know have so much fun in life. And I think that that's so important. And that's something that many women forgot, have forgotten in the last, in previous decades and things like that. So a woman who is Unapologetic, unapologetically herself and having fun in life for sure. Oh, I love that. And no one has ever said that okay. before. I love this question because it's so different to everybody. And yeah. it's so true. As you yeah. were saying that, I'm like, having fun, like mm -hmm. figure out what it was that lit you up. If you can't yes. remember what it was before kids rem or, or since you had your kids, remember yeah. what it was before then start yes. there. Like yeah. dance parties in the kitchen with my kids are like yes. my favorite thing in the world to yeah. do with my kids. Me too. I love it. We did it forever. Even when we were sad, that was the thing yep. that got us out of it. Yeah. Just like going to do the fun things that you love to do and do mm -hmm. it with kick ass people also that community yes, so that you absolutely. don't go to places that you think are going to be fun with drags because you don't want to do that either. So yes. make sure that you involve yourself yeah, in great absolutely. community. If you are mm -hmm. listening to this, you are a part of ladies kicking ass community. There's so much here. We have so much coming out before the end of the year that I'm so excited about. And we're just going to continue to keep building this network of amazing women like Anna Marie that have all of this wonderful wisdom that we can just be real raw and authentic with. So thank you so much, Anna Marie, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being part of the Ladies Kicking Ass community. Cheers to all you badass women out there. Keep rocking your power, igniting your fire, and making waves in the service industry. 
If you loved today's episode, please do me a quick favor. Take a screenshot, post it, and tag us at Ladies Kicking Ass. Be sure to include the link to your favorite episode. Your support in spreading the word means the world to us as we aim to empower even more women. Hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for more kick-ass episodes. And don't forget, a five-star review is the ultimate high five. Connect with us on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you for being part of our tribe. Now go kick some serious ass, lady. Hey there, ladies. Want to supercharge your personal growth journey with insights from the best in the business? I've got a treat for you. I have been raving throughout many of these podcasts about this incredible self-development app called Growth Day. Imagine learning from industry powerhouses like Mel Robbins, Ed Milet, my girl Lori Harder, Brendan Burchard, Mel Abraham, Lisa Bilyeu. Oh my gosh, there's so many more. And guess what? Every Wednesday, they teach live that you can watch them and interact with them through this app. It's so incredibly cool. Beyond their wisdom and live coaching sessions, there is another incredible feature that I am obsessed with, though. The journal section. I use it every single day, whether it's either to brain dump, reflect on my feelings, remember things from my business, or dive deep with their brilliant journal prompts. I'm never at a loss for words when I sit down to journal. How freaking amazing is that? And because you're part of our podcast family, there's a special treat awaiting you. Click the link in the show notes below to check it all out. Embark on an incredible journey with Growth Day. Remember, every new day is an opportunity to grow, reflect, and evolve. And that is what we do as ladies who are kicking ass.